Hey everyone, welcome back to the Lynx Golf Podcast. Once again, I am Al Lunsford, digital editor for Lynx, joined by Joe Passoff, my co-host. Joe, it seems like everywhere you turn, it's all about Scottish golf right now, as it should be around the 150th Open. And you and I wanted to have a conversation because everyone's dream is to play the old course, right? And on a trip to Scotland, that's number one on the on the top of the bucket list. There's probably a few others that are scattered around the country, but Scotland's a small, big place, I guess. Uh, to be able to drive and hit every single one of the the top courses, the greatest hits in Scotland is tough. And for reasons that you will explain, and hopefully I'll be able to contribute to, on a trip to the area of the old course and the kingdom of Fife, you really have so much great golf at your fingertips right there that maybe you didn't realize uh, was available to you. So we wanted to cover the multitude of great golf options around the old course that one should keep in mind uh, when writing that Scottish golf trip itinerary. So Joe, you put together a great list of courses for us, many of which you have experienced playing. Some maybe you've seen or most likely just read about as I have. When thinking first about the old course itself, in the immediate vicinity, and correct me if I'm wrong, they have seven courses that are part of the St. Andrews Lynx Trust. Is that correct? Uh, that is correct. So I, I think that's a good starting point just into the conversation. And, and what else do you have to con contribute there uh, in terms of thinking about this excess of golf? Yeah, I mean, there's two ways of thinking about a typical, if classic, trip to Scotland. You know, one that most golfers do is checking off those bucket list courses. And there's no bigger prize, the brass ring, the big fish, than the old course. So even if you're fortunate enough to either get drawn in the ballot or work with a packager that can guarantee you an old course tea time, uh, it's almost never that you're going to have a steady diet of the old course. So what do you do after that? Do you run around Scotland and say, I want to do Muirfield, I want to do Turnbury, I want to do Troon and Prestwick and those kinds of golf courses? Or do you say, let's make it a little easier on ourselves and let's just stick to Eastern Scotland and maybe even if you want to narrow it down to Fife, where St. Andrews is located, you can do that. Because another school of thought is instead of just chasing trophy courses, immerse yourself in St. Andrews. Maybe you want to do some sightseeing in Edinburgh, which is not too far away. Um, or you want to run up the coast just by about 45 minutes to play Carnoustie, you know, and, and a couple of those uh, fun courses after Carnoustie in the area. But you can make an entire golf holiday, a golf vacation out of courses in and around St. Andrews itself. That kind of applies to, to the line of thinking for any sort of trip, whether it's a golf trip or not. If you're planning and you're always going to the next thing maybe you're visiting multiple cities and it's always go go you don't really have time to enjoy where you are other than the 
activity you set forth for yourself. Uh, immersing yourself in a place like St. Andrews, you can read all about that town uh, from our editor, George Pepper, and his love affair with St. Andrews. He has over 50 years of experience with that town, a lot of it living there and owning property. Um, so go on our website and read his column about 50 years in St. Andrews. But just being able to kind of experience the culture, the cuisine, the other things to do in a town, not just St. Andrews, but anywhere, I think, is always, for me, been a really good way to approach a trip rather than just filling every single minute of an itinerary with what's next, what's next. Yeah, and nobody can blame you if you want to, again, chase the trophy courses. You absolutely should, at some point in your golf life, um, be able to knock those off. But I think, you know, if you have a, a intellectually curious mind, you want to immerse yourself in St. Andrews for a while, just as George Pepper has done. You want to seek out those nooks and crannies of things that are quite extraordinary. You know, there's a vibe there that's all about golf in St. Andrews, but there's a vibe there connected to the University of St. Andrews. And you have young people, you know, that, that are learning and learning the life lessons they'll use for the rest of their life, in addition to learning the book stuff. So there's so many interesting aspects to St. Andrews. Yep, they revolve around golf, but you can find yourself uh, learning so much more and appreciating so much more. The walk along the beach, for instance, made famous in the movie Chariots of Fire. Now we're going back 40 years for that, but, you know, uh, that that's the deal. So, uh, right, use most of your waking hours to play those golf courses. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this is my pitch and our pitch to say, there are so many wonderful things to see in St. Andrews and right around the town that you could fill up your week with, say, six courses besides the old course. I'll plug another piece that was part of our summer issue on Scotland. And uh, we had a great number of contributions to the area around St. Andrews and Scotland as a whole. But uh our former digital editor, Graydon Loomis, wrote a piece for us in the issue as well. And you can find that on our website, linksmagazine.com as well, uh, on 10 other things to do while in St. Andrews. So that's a perfect complement to the conversation we're having now. But let's get back to the golf. And if you've decided to commit to St. Andrews and, and staying around there, uh, let's fill that golf part of your itinerary. So Joe has come up with his must play priority list for an order of play while in St. Andrews, whether you're on the old course or not. Uh, we have come up with a, a grand list of courses to hit. Uh, and let's start at the top, Joe, uh, with your number one. If you're playing more than one round while in St. Andrews, or maybe just one. That's not the old course. Where do you go? I start with Kings Barnes. Yes, it's a newer course built in 1999, uh, designed by Kyle Phillips. With um, people forget this, but he had Mark Parsonen 
was one of the men behind that project who later acquired significant fame with Castle Stewart. So uh, Kings Barnes, many of you know, ranked in the world top 100, and it's also co-host of the DP World Tour, formerly the PGA European Tour, um, the Alfred Dunhill Lynx Championship, which usually gets some very good players and uh, fun to watch October golf. You get the old course, you get Carnoustie, and you get Kings Barnes. And um, you know what? Kings Barnes absolutely deserves its top 100 world ranking. It's got a prime location along nearly two miles of the North Sea. It's about, um, about seven miles from St. Andrews itself, from the town. And depending on what you like and what, we're, what you're looking for, Kings Barnes probably combines old world sensibilities and modern wow factor as well as any golf course on the planet, meaning the front nine was completely reshaped by Kyle Phillips, but it was on top of old golf holes that dated back to the 19th century and were abandoned in World War II. So you did have some very cool old links contours going on. And the front nine, for the most part, is just that very old school kind of linksy, more subtle, humpy, bumpy stuff. The back nine has some of that too, but it also has two holes in particular that kind of kind of scream modern, and you don't care. You love them because they're so great. The 12th hole is a par five uh, that plays over 600 yards, and uh, it arcs around the bay. I mean, it's a true challenge, especially if there's a little wind up. And it's tough and attractive. And then you have the par 3 15th, um, about 210, 215 yards, that literally hits over an arm of the bay, over, over the sea. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is, um, I mean, if we think of American golf, but it's done everywhere, it's a long shot over a hazard, over a water hazard, over an actual sea hazard with maybe some waves on a windy day. Um, but it's fantastic looking and it plays as a great hole. So if you don't see that kind of golf on the hundred year old traditional links, uh, you still got to love, you know, what the hole's asking you to do and it's great eye candy. So that's my first choice. Kings Barnes, you will not regret it. The 12th is a hole that probably a lot of people have seen photos of that hole. I, I would probably say that's the signature hole there at Kings Barnes. We've done pieces about Kings Barnes before, uh, obviously as a, a great course in Britain and Ireland. And you mentioned the diversity between the front nine and the back nine. From what I read back it, there are, a, you know, a series of different phases around the course. It's almost like you're moving through different environments uh, combined and rolled into one uh, excellent layout. And Kingsbarns is just six miles, right from from St Andrews. Yeah, from yeah, six, six, six or seven miles from yeah. you know from town. And um, if you're a collector and you have the January of 2000 issue of Links Magazine, I wrote the cover story for that called "New Kid in an Old Town." And I was one of the first um, media people that the course hadn't even opened yet. 
And the great Brad Klein gathered six of us for a little trip over there to see what was going on. And um, it was, what a fact-finding mission. What an eye-opener. Well, speaking of new kids, I guess I would say Kings Barnes is now a young adult in terms of, of age in Scotland and in St. Andrews. The newest kid on the block in Scotland and maybe one of the last true links to be built in the country is number two on your list. It's one. I know you said you haven't gotten to this one yet, but you and I have both read a lot about this place. It's already hosted a women's Scottish open and anywhere you read, anywhere you look, it has gotten nothing but praise and that's Dumbarney links. Well, exactly. Al, um, Unfortunately, uh, I, I didn't make it over during the preview period because the course didn't open until May of 2020. And right then, I mean, the pandemic was upon us. So it may not have garnered, you know, the uh, it may not have garnered the eyeballs that it deserved at the time because people had stopped traveling. So our usual sources for for seeing it um, you know, and learning about it uh, dried up, but word spread quickly enough uh, on how special uh, apparently Dunbarney Links is. It's about nine miles from St. Andrews in the town of Leven or Levin, uh, L-E-V-E-N. Again, open May of 2020 on the north shore of the Firth of Forth. In other words, atop very pure links land. So, you know, it's a wonder you think, how can anybody get a course built in this day and age, another links along the sea with all the environmental issues. But this was a long time in coming. Uh, former British Ryder Cupper Clive Clark was the architect. He's done some excellent work in the U.S., um, especially in the Palm Springs area. And um, it's massive. It's a massive modern links, over 7,600 yards. But it's very playable to all on, say, a typical Scottish day. You know, you mentioned hosting the 2021 Ladies Scottish Open and American Ryan O'Toole, very Irish name, uh, she won at 17 under par. So it's it's not a beatdown. You know, if you have somewhat soft conditions, you can score on it. Uh, at least that's how the ladies did it. But um, again, you're talking about eye candy galore. Uh, some of the holes that are most talked about are the elevated tees at holes six, eight, and nine. And um, we know what elevated tees can do. They provide the best views possible, but then when the wind is howling, it's very hard for you to flight your ball down and flight it properly enough to, to stay out of the wind. So on the one hand, uh, it makes for uh, an additional challenge. And on the other hand, you get that super memorable look down at the sea. A um, couple of risk-reward fairways out there that just make for absolute great strategic stuff. Um, the routing goes through low coastal dunes. And, um, you know, it's only two years old, but you got to feel as word continues to spread uh, that, you know, in five years' time, um, we're talking about a legitimate top 50, certainly top 100 course. Joe mentioned how massive this place is. It was built upon 350 some acres of undisturbed links. It's got 13 holes that play towards the ocean and more than a mile of beach front. 
to work with. It's truly stunning from all accounts, uh, pictures and words that have been written about the place. And I, I think it's safe to say it's among the best already, certainly in the immediate area, as we're discussing here. Circling back again to the conversation that the old course is, isn't the only course that belongs to the St. Andrew's Lynx Trust. There are several options right there next to the old course as well, literally right next door. And I know you are going to hit a couple of those among the next on your list. Well, exactly, Al. I mean, the Lynx Trust, which, uh, you know, basically manages, runs uh, what they call the overall overarching St. Andrews golf courses, everybody has wanted to play the old course for 150 years. So there was demand to build more golf. And in the subsequent time, they've built six more courses. At the top of the list of the ones that you should play is the new course which is now clearly misnamed since it's 127 years old, but we love that anyway. And, and the new course was designed by old Tom Morris. So it's another plus if you're an authentic link seeker seeking the old world treatment in golf course design that you got to play the new. Many people that play both courses regularly actually consider the new to be on, on average, one or two shots harder than the old course due to its narrower fairways that get squeezed even further when the wind blows. It's got some of the really good rumpled Lynxland stuff. And, and that's what we crave when we go over for the Lynx experience is, is the bouncing game, the ground game, and watching your ball kind of trickle here and there and, and so forth. So, you know, it's... Uh, I mean, it's much easier to get on than the old course, obviously, which makes it very popular with the locals who play most of their golf at St. Andrews. For me, um, in my trips around it, uh, I found it all the challenges, just what it's cracked up to be. What didn't register as well with me are individually memorable holes. So, you know what? It, hey, I'm, I'm just being real here, Al. Um, it's a terrific test. It's a wonderful walk. You sense the history. Old Tom Morris was here and laid it out. But um, yeah, you've got a couple of holes uh, around the uh, turn at eight, nine, and 10 that uh, play in the dunes next to the Eden Estuary. They're great. They're absolutely fabulous. They're tough and attractive and all of that. Um, but, but there are a lot of other holes out there where you you finish them and you say, yeah, that was a good challenge, you know, but it's hard in your mind's eye to remember the individual characteristics of the hole. Got to be tough to be in the shadow of the most famous golf course in the world. But like you said, don't be fooled by the name, the new course. It's only new because there was a course before it. Uh, so they had to distinguish the two names. And I believe I read Joe, the new course was built around the same time old Tom Morris was doing work on the old course as well. Yep. I mean, that was his, uh, 
Uh, he lived there, just like we talk about Donald Ross living at Pinehurst and forever tweaking Pinehurst number two. That old Tom Morris was that was that was his HQ. That's where he lived. So he could go out there every single day and and you know do what he needed to do to make not only the old course but the new course uh it, it the course he wanted it to be. To transition again from the two oldest courses in the St. Andrews Links Trust to the most recent course added there. Uh, somewhat of a polarizing course, I think, from from some accounts, but it comes high on your list, Joe, and that's the, the Castle course from David McClay Kidd. Yeah, talk about two extremes going from the new course where it's a little bit challenging to remember every single hole to the castle course where it's not hard to remember every single hole. Some of them, after you've three putted, you want to forget. But David Kidd, uh, as we've known through these last 25 years, is one of the most creative minds in the business. And the competition was fierce to design this golf course for the St. Andrews Links Trust. They desperately needed to get some people off the old course and get them onto a course that at least would be a destination venue. Yeah, we're going to St. Andrews and we've got to play the old course and we've got to play blank. You know, for some it's the new course, but the Lynx Trust said, let's go with this new piece of property, um, which is a little bit outside the confines of the main St. Andrews courses. So what resulted was the Castle course and David McClay Kidd. Scottish architect seemed like the perfect choice. David will tell you that he got a lot right at the Castle course, but he misfired a couple of times too. <clears throat> that was his architectural style. That's what his philosophy, what he believed in. And... You know what? Eventually, a couple of years later, he figured out it wasn't quite right. And he changed his philosophy about designing golf courses using his original course at Bandon Dunes uh, as his guide towards enjoyability. So is the Castle course a worthy venue? Of course it is. Absolutely. It has absolutely beautiful sea views, strong challenge. I think it's aged really well since it debuted in 2008. A lot of the controversy at the beginning in the first year or two, he had these tufted mounds right in the middle of the fairway. I mean, they look kind of cool. Let's be fair. Remember the old boxing promoter, Don King, with his hair going straight up off the top of his head? That's what the mounds look like. But they're like right in the middle of the fairway. How fair was that? You'd hit a good drive and wind up in this stuff. I mean, it's one thing if there's a bunker there and, and you play around it, you do this. You could say the same thing for the mounds, but the tufted mounds did not last. It just too many people objected to them. And, um, and most of them, if not all of them, were softened and uh, removed. In addition, he had 18 wildly chaotic greens. I mean, it's one of the most severe set of greens I ever encountered 
in seeing 1,500, 1,800 golf courses. I mean, every one of them was three puttable. And in the wind, if the ball was moving around, uh, yeah, four puttable. So my own feeling was there was a lot of creativity involved. It was just too much. Maybe do it on six of the 18 greens and have the other 12 just be something less. Okay, in the years since 2008, many of those greens have been softened as well. Now it's simply much more fun to play. You know, not so hard on your ego on the scorecard. Um, but you've got modern risk rewards. Um, you've got a fantastic seaside ninth hole, great par four, um, a really fun, dramatic par three 17th, and then a, a gambler's par five 18th. That's as good as anything he's done. Um, and he, and David McClay kid has done some great stuff, uh, over the last 15 years as well. So it's one of those I, I pick a cliche, judge a leopard by its spots, a book by its cover. Whatever you heard early on about the castle course, a lot of the negatives have been adjusted. And now it's just a terrific course to play. Some of these views you can see from the castle course are pretty uh, amazing. It's right on the edge of a seaside cliff. You can see the town of St. Andrews below and uh, like you mentioned, it, it's not everyone's cup of tea, but I think, you know, since opening in 2008, thing, a, a few things have changed a, a bit, has uh, improved from a playability standpoint, and it certainly sounds like one of those you want to go see and experience. Uh, and it's different, right? It's different from the norm around the area, so... Uh, to mix in a, a style of golf that you're not going to see anywhere in a locale that you can't really find anywhere either is a good reason to put that one on your list too. Now, uh, Joe and I discussed, we're going to give you our top six here, essentially, before we kind of go down the list about others you could consider, but that's a lot of golf to put six on top of maybe the old course as well. So hopefully that gives you a good starting place. Uh, but let's continue a, a couple of courses left that maybe with the first four, you, you might have a lot of familiarity in terms of courses being well-known and well-regarded, not to say that these aren't, but I don't think they're as well-known as the first four on your list. Well, the next on my list, Al, is a personal favorite. It's just an old-fashioned charmer that I think has to be part of an itinerary wherever you're going. Again, even if you're checking off bucket list trophy courses, Crail Golfing Society <laughs> is one that you got to put on if you're anywhere near St. Andrews. It's... Um, it's probably about 20 minutes away, you know, if you're driving, but it's practically in another world when it comes to pageantry. It, it's not celebrated the way St. Andrew's courses are or the top 100s big courses uh, in the way that Kings Barnes and Dumbarney are. So why is Crail fifth on my list? Well, the Crail Golfing Society, it just sounds like prehistoric. Crail. 
just one of those words. So for starters, it's the seventh oldest club in the world. There was golf going on at Crail in 1786. The course that they have today, they actually have two courses. The one I want to talk most about is called Balcomi. Some people just refer to it as the old course, but Balcomi links. Um, it's an old Tom Morris design from guess what, 1895. He was a busy guy in 1895, old Tom. I don't even think he had time to trim his beard. He was so busy designing golf courses. So this one is quite short on yardage. Only 5861 from the tips, par 69, that unusual par 69 course. But if you love old fashioned quirk, if you love charm, you are absolutely gonna be smitten with Crail. There's blind shots, there's holes that cross each other. And then you have the Firth of Forth panoramas, the sea views pretty much throughout the round. And you know that in and of itself, where you wanna experience old world Lynx golf, I mean, what a perfect spot to do it. Even if it's your second round in a day, or your first course when you're right off the plane, you know, you'll just buzz around it a little quicker. It's shorter. It's very compact with holes crisscrossing each other. And, uh, and it's a nice way to stretch the legs and, and appreciate golf history. So I, I can't recommend it enough. There's a second course there that's now 23 years old called the Craighead Links. It's a worthy play in, in its own right, Partly because of its designer, who was very young and new in the business when he designed it, a fellow called Gil Hans. Well, Gil has gone on to some absolutely amazing things, as we all know, since that time. The piece of property he was given was nowhere near as good as the original Crail course. Um, but he did good things with it. It was a little more inland. So it's near the sea, but it basically is just like King's Barns on an old potato farm. And um, so you don't have quite the ripples. You don't have quite the magic. But if you have a chance to play both courses, yeah, don't miss early Gil Hans and the Craighead. But if I'm going to recommend one, it's the old course, the Balcomi. Yeah, good early preview of the rest of your list. I know that the second Crail course is still within your top 10 priority courses to play uh you mentioned the quirks of balcomi got some railway sleepers out there and bunkers you've got stone walls that you see at other places if you like quirks you should read joe's column he did in our last issue as well about scotland's quirkiest courses about some of the other ones around the country but that's always a you know kind of a a light goes off in your head when you hear about quirky golf uh and shorter golf as well like joe mentioned that you can get around in quicker just off the plane or squeeze it in somewhere but uh, all makes for something interesting something fun and something very different to add to an itinerary all right let's get to the last one number six on your list joe Al, I'm going to be upfront with you. Uh, it's a controversial choice among, among the courses that we have here, but I'll explain why I hope to defend my choice of number six as the Duke's course. 
in St. Andrews. It is in St. Andrews proper, although not quite in the center of town. You can see the center of town from the Duke's course. So, okay, why is my choice at number six so controversial? Well, because the Duke's is not a Lynx course. And you say, wait, I thought I went to Scotland to play Lynx golf. Well, you did. But if part of your itinerary and part of your long, lengthy, wonderful stay in St. Andrews, you know what? You might get beaten down a little bit from the wind, from Lynx golf, from having to conform your golf swing to punch shots on that really tight turf and just coping with the vagaries of Lynx golf, which is a blast. But if the weather is, you know, turns a little foul and you're just struggling, you just need a little round of golf outside the wind. The Duke's course is an excellent example. I played it first in 1999 and it was originally designed by the Australian Peter Thompson. Um, and to be fair, it was originally a long, dull, wet slog. Sorry, that's just how it appeared to me. Um, I, I think most of the people who played it kind of agreed. It was 10 minutes from the center of town. You had the good views from the hillside looking down at the town. But um, yeah, it, it would not be uh, anywhere near as high on this list. Its fortunes changed in 2005 when our friend from Kohler, Herb Kohler, uh, bought the Old Course Hotel. And he, in that, he got the Duke's course. The Duke's course and the Old Course Hotel are one and the same. And um, Herb Kohler invested in new drainage and a redesign by former Pete Dye associate, Tim Liddy. And so again, I'll repeat, even now the Dukes isn't Lynx golf, but they've got gorgeous lacy edge bunkers. Uh, it's a very thoughtful design. It's got all the length that a big hitter would want. Uh, I mean, 7,500 yards if you want to go all the way back. Very unusual for Scotland. And if your legs have just had enough on this trip, they do have uh, buggies uh, that you can tool around the course with. And I know, laugh if you will, but from time to time, yeah. I mean, if you're 60 years old or you're 70 years old, you could use a rest from, from walking one of those rounds and you can take a buggy around the old. So much better drainage, handsome product. We have other really cool low profile links courses on the rest of our list, but that's why I make Duke's number six. Plus great clubhouse, good food, all of those things you'd come to expect from, from Kohler hospitality. Yeah. Nothing wrong with all those things. I know some people may thumb their nose at hearing that, you can take a, a buggy, a, a golf cart around on this course because it's predominantly walking around the country. But that's just the nature of this place. It's just different. It's calls itself the only Scottish Heathland course in the home of golf. And uh, you mentioned original design Peter Thompson. That would be five-time open winner Peter Thompson to those listening as well. All right, Joe. I want to go through the rest of the list so people can make a quick note about what else beyond the first six that we mentioned uh, they should think about, they should look into and research more. Maybe if you just go and if you have a, a thought 
Uh, I know I there's a couple on here that uh, we both have talked through and some news around a couple as well. But if you have a quick, quick thought, quick anecdote on any of these, let's uh, let's rifle through. Let's quick hit these and and get the rest of the list out there. Sure. Sure, Al. Um, I mean, next on my list was the Eden course at St. Andrews, which is another oldie but goodie. Um, big debate among locals and people very, very familiar with the courses on whether the Eden course or whether the Jubilee course at St. Andrews is the better golf course. Um, I think it's a bit of a coin flip. Uh, so I, I'm definitely okay with that. What some people might want to play the Eden for is that it was designed by Harry Colt, H.S. Colt, one of the greatest architects of all time, uh, authored many top 100 courses, both inland in the London area, some of the Lynx courses that he redid, including Muirfield and Royal Portrush. I mean, one of the absolute all-time greatest architects. So, you know, there were changes uh, 30, 40 years ago that um, maybe took away from the greatness uh, or, or even the goodness of the Eden course, but uh, definitely worth checking out. I won't go in as much depth on some of the others. London links about nine miles or so. Uh, I've stayed right on property there, the London Lynx Hotel, and uh, looked down at the links. never had a chance to play it, although I walked it, and it's right next door to Leven. They actually, or Levin, they actually connect, and there were stories over the years of people continuing to play golf, and they went from one course to the other, um, not even knowing it. So both of those courses, Leven or Levin, and then the London Links are worthy Links courses and why we travel across the pond to begin with. So, you know, a handful of others, uh, including the other St. Andrews courses, which uh, you have the Strathtyrum, the Balgo, which is a very short course. Uh, you know, if you're at St. Andrews and you want to check them off, by all means do it, but they wouldn't be at the top of your list. Uh, if, if you're just making, say, a week trip over there, one week trip, a little inland course called Lady Bank. My one anecdote from there is when the old course hotel before Kohler owned it uh, opened in 1984, they had Jack Nicholas and Seve Ballesteros over for an exhibition. And naturally, they assumed that they would be able to get onto the old course and the old course itself was not affiliated formally with the Old Course Hotel. And the Lynx Trust said, eh, sorry, this ain't gonna happen here. So promoters had a scramble at the almost last minute and get Jack and Sebi to play at Lady Bank. And, um, you know, if nothing else, at least a claim to fame to have that going on. Um, George actually mentioned that uh, he was covering that event and he <laughs> he played the old course that day that they were playing lady bank how so, about that so when they came back and he kind of you know hit his face a little bit because he was supposed to be out at lady bank but in fact he was actually looping around the old course there you go uh, again i can't recommend that strongly enough as al did at the top of the show of our podcast read george pepper look at the videos <laughs> This man spent serious time there and, uh, and knows all the backstories for all of these things. 
So, um, yeah, we're just running down um, the way we do. There's there's another golf course that has a very curious name uh, called Ely Golf House Club. And um, guess what, Al? It was designed by old Tom Morris in 1895. Jeez. I mean, talk about working overtime. So uh, this is where James Braid, one of the great triumvirate, grew up. And so James Braid tweaked the course a few times. Um, do a little research. Uh, it's the origins in terms of its name are fun to, uh, to talk about. Again, it's called Ely Golf House Club. And, uh, you know, it's a worthy alternative if you decide you want to play some of the courses in the second tier at St. Andrews. And yeah. then, um, a couple, a couple quick things. Cause we wrote about that too. In the last issue, it's, it's got a periscope, a submarine periscope at the starters hut for them to be able to see if the next group is cleared through. Uh, it's only 6,200 and some change yards. So it's on the shorter side. Uh, it is another one of those that's kind of just got its own little idiosyncrasies and, and makes it fun and unique, but yeah. Anyways, continue. I did. Yeah. If you, again, if you like and appreciate quirk and charm, okay. Where you don't need another 7,300 yard, you know, stereotypical modern course, um, Ely golf house club, just like Crail, you know, will charm the socks off you. So, and then, you know, there's a handful of other courses in the region and, and many of you may be familiar with Fairmont St. Andrews Bay, which since the late 1990s has had two golf courses on their property. Um, a lot of you may be more familiar with the hotel itself, um, with the Fairmont brand uh, that, that carried for many, many years, was known as an excellent place to stay. Modern comforts, especially important for Americans with modern bathrooms. Um, we know how the old world stuff uh, sometimes doesn't measure up to our comforts. Well, they do it at, uh, at the Fairmont St. Andrews. However, there's news afoot about what could be happening with their existing two golf courses, Al. As you said, yeah, there's a plan in place uh, that has been submitted. They essentially are wanting to take their two existing courses, the Kittick's and the Torrance course uh combine the best holes from those two and use some new uh land not new land but unused land on the site uh, to create a new project there at st andrews bay uh the hope of which would be to eclipse the top 100 host some professional events uh, we talked to martin ebert uh, who his firm McKinsey and Ebert, they do a lot of work on the open championship venues have been brought on to handle this project. And, and by his account, it's a clifftop site. They're looking at potentially eight holes on the edge of those cliffs, looking over uh, and down towards St. Andrews. So something really exciting in the works there that could uh, be high on the list. And, and a few years of places that need to be played. Yeah, I mean, the proposal itself is currently in front of the Fife Council. So the local authorities are looking into this, considering the proposal. But what a prospect, what potential. You know, you look at 
at the situation now and you say, well, I might play the Kiddicks or the Torrance if I'm staying at the hotel since they're right there. But they're not really must plays, you know, by any stretch of the imagination. Mackenzie and Ebert have the possibility to mold something into that is absolutely a must play. And boy, oh boy, being so close to the center of St. Andrews with great views overlooking the sea and the town. Oh, what an 18 hole golf course that could be. Oh, 100%. I think the only course left that was not mentioned that isn't necessarily really a golf course, that's the Himalayas putting course right there next to the old course as well. Well, we have seen in recent years a little bit of um, proliferation of putting courses, and when they're well done, how much fun they can be. Okay, whether you've got a beverage in your hand or not, if you're at Pinehurst, if you're at Bandon, you're going to have some fun with your buddies, um, with your kids on a putting course. They can be quite challenging. Well, you know what? It all stems from one place. The Himalayas at St. Andrews it was often called and referred to as the ladies putting course at St. Andrews. But most people simply refer to it as the Himalayas, as you might expect ups and downs and ins and arounds and zigs and zags and for a great way to spend a little time at the home of golf it's hard to beat the himalayas yeah whether it's you know thistle do at pinehurst or, or elsewhere you've likely seen when reading about it it's a himalayas style himalayas style putting course and that is where that comes from in case you were curious and hadn't dug further deep into that uh, it's referring back to this putting course at st andrews all right joe i think that'll do it for this episode hopefully we gave everyone enough to chew on and set themselves up for a wonderful time in st andrews on the course uh and then hopefully you join yourself off the course as well but those were the places to play near the old course courtesy of Joe Passall. Thank you so much, Joe, again. Al, always great to be with you, especially when we're talking about links and non-links courses in and around St. Andrews in Scotland. <laughs>